At last count, nearly 6 million people visited Tate Modern per annum. As the UK's most popular visitor attraction, it's more of a draw than venues such as the British Museum, the National Gallery, and the Natural History Museum. And with so many visitors, that means a lot of hungry and thirsty guests too. Located on level one of the museum's Blavatnik building on London's Bankside is the Terrace Bar. Here you'll find a range of food and drink on offer, but it's also home to a raft of excellent beer too. And entering its third year, on the last Thursday of each month, the Tate Terrace Bar is transformed for its ever-popular Tap Takeover series. Previous events have seen breweries like Beavertown, Cloudwater, Five Points and Northern Monk draw in the crowds. Just like the diverse evenings that turn over the taps to showcase the best breweries from Bristol to New Zealand and beyond. So if you've ever visited and enjoyed a great beer here or attended one of those events, you have Andrew Downs, Operations Director at Tate to thank. Andrew, thank you for having us and welcome to the Brewers Journal podcast. Thank you very much. How have you been? Quite good. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> so we're here, it's, um, yep, it's early March in this eternal winter we're having, so no better place to uh, w- w- get away some of those winter blues and talk about some excellent beer. So Andrew, you've worked with Tate for 12 years now. How has the role that beer plays in Tate's beverage offering changed in that time? Uh, It's changed massively, I want to say. Um, But I would say it's grown with the industry. Uh, From when we first started, I was thinking back to to our offer back in 2010, pre-2010. We had a very small range of craft stuff in bottles. Um, We used to get kind of excited by Trashy Blonde from brew um from uh, brew dog and things like jackhammer uh red church was great and we had small producers back then not a lot of range to to pick from then and it was basically served as a secondary to wine um but i think our our beer offer here our beer proposition has grown from wine oddly enough i think tate has a a history of being quite innovative with our approach to wine dating back to the 1970s so you know it's we always um have gone in search of smaller independent wine producers um, and kind of sellered their wine out of tank originally and then offered it back to our customers at the price we paid for it. And I think it's that that core value with our approach to beverage that has kind of transpired back into the way we approach beer. So we've always built our, our, our proposition on, on championing independent breweries, um, UK-based ones, uh, forever. So I think with with that at its core, we've grown with the industry. As innovations come through, um, it's played into our hands nicely as a creative museum type of place, uh, a gallery kind of place. So with the onset of cans became, you know, gave us a great canvas to stock our fridges with, gave um, breweries a lot more kind of focus on varieties that they could produce. And I guess back in 2012, when we opened, 2016, I should say, when we opened this fine building in which we're sitting, um, I was able to widely install draft beer. So we would be able to sell kegs for the first time, which has been a, a massive game changer. And I guess our, our beer sales eclipse well over a million pounds now uh, and, and are steadily growing year on year. So um, that's how we've grown the beer, but beer at its core is a very important product for us and our beverage and our beverage setup. Excellent. So how many um, draft taps do you have here? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, eight uh, in the terrace bar at any one time. We have six in the kitchen and bar. 
Um, we use lenders throughout our um, events program. Um, so there's three taps in the members' room. So there's lots of stuff going on. And uh, do you find that visitors react well to the small pack offering as well? They do. Yeah, it's a bit of a feast for the eye. So we're quite careful with our... Um, the way we select breweries to work with, you know, to get on board, you need to have a really considered design element or an illustrator element. And if you've got that coupled with good beer, you're in. Uh, and we, we love to rotate that stuff through and, and bring a lot more to our fridges and tap badges. Sure, sure. And you said that the sort of offering has kind of grown with the industry. Uh, obviously, the sort of rise of canning continues unabated in beer. Do you feel, and from witnessing yourselves as well, that your canned beer in the fridge sells better than bottled output? Absolutely. Yes, there's more of a canvas to talk to or to work with. Uh, a lot more visual from a merchandising perspective. And I give, I think they give you more of an insight into the, brew, the brand behind the brewery and the people who work in it. So that, that's really important to us. Sure, sure. And tell us a bit about your background. You're obviously a, a fan of beer. I mean, any memorable experiences you know, in the world of beer, be it in your working life or out of it? So I guess I've always, I've loved beer from a very young age, probably too young to be fair. Um, so I've, I used to drink a lot of lager. I'm, I'm from Australia, so we're, we're beer is kind of pretty nondescript. And I came over here uh, in my 20s and kind of got introduced to a whole lot more through, through cask and different styles. So that really kind of got me going. But I guess when I was, was able to come to Tate, I got um, the real bug for craft beer at that point. I think my earliest... Um, memory of being truly captivated by it was a, a trip to Brewdog where they just opened their Ellen Brewery and we created a, a, a beer in response to an exhibition for Liechtenstein. We created a beer called Torpedo Loss, uh, which was a rye American ale uh, we created for that exhibition. And from that moment, I was inspired. Um, I had to do more, I had to be more, I had to drink more, I had to work with more people. And it was, uh, that certainly was a catalyst for, for the, the, the offer we have at Tate now. And do you do much in the world of beer uh, outside of work too? I, yes, I consume it uh, <laughs> on, on, great, on great mass. But um, for me, highlights for the year, if I can get to a trade session uh, at any of the festivals, it's just an absolute delight sure. to get around to see people I know, to meet new people I've not met, obviously, and then just to try new beers, see what's going on. Um, you know, the London Craft Beer Festival in August is, is, is amazing, and that's, I really, really value being able to get to a trade session there to, to see everyone and see what's new. So Andrew, the Tap Taker events are designed to provide a platform for modern breweries to bring their beers to a larger audience. From your experiences, what sort of consumer tends to attend these evenings? So it's it's a larger, diverse audience, I find. Um, diverse in, in age and diverse in gender. Um, people who are looking to experience something a little bit different um, beyond, beyond beer itself. Um, I have a good example of uh, a group of dads that my kids go to school with, uh, who are who are traditional lager drinkers, um, and I invited them along to a few of our events here at Tate, um, and delighted to say that I I sit there and I witness them trying hot forward beers and styles they wouldn't necessarily consider, uh, and I watch their appreciation grow. Um, 
beyond the point where they kind of look for those beers now away from Tate. Um, and I'm also delighted to say that they've kind of started engaging with the design element of it at Northern Monk uh, a few weeks ago. They were talking to the illustrator that was that was on hand designing, doing some doing some live drawing. So for me, that that's a real buzz for me because you know I've this group of guys that my kids go to school with are now thinking about beer differently and thinking about the design that goes on the cans and and as part of the brand. Do you think breweries can do more to use that blank canvas that cans give them? Yes, absolutely. It's the new collectible where you don't have a, a CD cover or a 12-inch um, record sleeve anymore. I think you know people like to pick these things up and feel them and look at them and they're drawn to them. So for me, they're that kind of new medium for design and illustration. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And how do you work with the breweries in terms of um, the beers that they present? Because it's six... Six taps they take over. It is, yeah. So we look for we look for a representation of style, um, and with uh, a kind of a secondary consideration to the AVB, um, it's good to have something people can approach uh, in a responsible way. <laughs> but then we want them to we want them to have things that are imperial. We want them to try things that are, have a high AVB that they may not have tried before and are pleasantly surprised by. So it's it's style led, and then certainly. We do to keep one eye one eye on the tap badge as well. It needs normally normally the brewery we select have a, an amazing kind of stable of illustrations and and design behind them anyway. So it's it's about getting the beer in first, making sure there's a nice variety, and then looking at how it looks. And how do you curate which breweries become involved with the events? You need to have a great lineup of beer in the first instance. I think that's really important, and then you need to have a strong strong brand ethos in terms of the way you approach illustration and design um you know the more you can bring as we look look at breweries you can bring a little bit more rather than beer i mean i think the meat the brewer element is nice and there's a moment for it but then it's more of a celebration of of music and food and and things that go behind the beer so the illustration and the art is obviously an important part of that sure and that kind of leads on nicely to my next question, um, I recall several years ago reading on Twitter that someone's saying that they couldn't remember the last time they went to the pub and not had to meet the brewer. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, how have sort of tap takeover, meet the brewer events changed? And also, how can both parties really get the most out of them? Well, for me, for that Twitter twit, uh, tweet, I would say, can, well, that's awesome. If you can go to a pub and meet the guy who made the beer, that's awesome. That's that's saying something that's really good. So for me, that's, that's a great thing. Um, to make it a little bit more effective and a bit more kind of approach that wider audience, I guess it is it is getting a brand immersion experience, and I think that's where we've tried to land our series. It's like, do come try the beer, but then also do come and get involved in and immersed in the brand and see what goes in behind it. Because there's some cool stories that people that you wouldn't know about unless you spoke to a designer um, or an illustrator and their inspiration behind you know the, what they've put on a can or put on a badge. Um, and how it's influenced the style of beer and you know the people the music people like in the brewery is also cool I mean I've been really lucky in that I've been to a lot of breweries to do collab breweries for our exhibition schedule here and I always walk away um, with so much more when I go and visit them and I see their, their ethos and I see the brewery and I see the brew house and I see the illustrator I've seen I'm seeing a lot more than than a consumer normally would so I want them to experience that when they come to our event. So I think if you could, the more you bring to it, I think the more you get out of it, basically. And how is how important is it for the brewery to send the right team as well? 
It, it is important. Um, I think, you know, talking about infections and yeast and brewing styles doesn't really um, interest everybody, although there are certain people who do enjoy that. But certainly, yeah, you need a vivacious, outgoing team who, who are not necessarily required to stand up and talk to people over mic, but just engage them in conversation. And obviously the Tate Modern is a unique destination for great beer. So just how important is it for breweries to look outside so-called traditional avenues when it comes to not only marketing their beer, but selling their beer? And what advice do you have for them? Uh, uh, yeah, looking at places like Tate, I think obviously 6 million people a year is, is a large draw. Um, and getting your brand in somewhere that has that is 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 good for you for brand building and certainly for volume <laughs> um it, it really does help um but getting i think people who visit tate come with with a day in mind um and they kind of well, it supports our brewing program here so we try to make their experience as immersive uh, as immersive as possible um so for the for warhol that starts um, this week, we've created a beer that we encourage people to buy. It has Warhol branding on it, some art, and we we want them to drink it as part of their experience here. So, I think more. I think people who come to Tate are more open to try new things. And I think if you have a beer in somewhere like here, um, you're kind of appealing to a new market of people who are who are who appreciate the craft and are willing to give it a go. So, Andrew, I suppose have there been any catalysts during your journey with the Tate? for putting modern beer on such a, I'd like to think, such a rightful pedestal. A pedestal indeed. I think, yeah, built on those core values we we discussed earlier, I think, you know, it, it needs to be um, an independent, you know, um, created product, crafted product. So that's at its core. But beyond that, I think it needed, it, the beer, we, the brews we work with and, and the beers we collaborate on are born out of creativity. So... A lot of what we do um, with breweries are, you know, coming up with beers that respond to our exhibition program. So um, the Warhol beer is a good example, as I've discussed. Um, and we've recently done a, a great project with Toast and Four Pure, where we created a beer for the uh, Olaf Eliasson um, exhibition that was called Elemental, which is a cucumber sour um, made with food waste. So for us, the brief was, was uh, a long... Um, very focused on sustainability as part of the exhibition. Um, so we were able to respond to a really sustainably made beer uh, locally uh, that really resonated with the consumers and with uh, with the gallery, really. Um, we sold a lot of it. It got some good press, and it was a nice moment um, to highlight the, the lengths we go to to make, to collaborate with the gallery around the exhibition program and how we then use that creatively to then collaborate with other breweries. Um, it's something we will continue to do, and I think we've done about 25 collaborative brews over the last 10 years. So it's something we like to continue and to treat people who come to Tate with. And there's long been a criticism that these days, in the world of modern beer, a lot of collaborations are nothing more than a photo opportunity, and you can't really tell which brewery has brought what to the table. Do you think that you'd like to see more, not even just at the tape, but outside about you know, true collaboration, really? Yeah, if if there is a message or a spirit in which it's entered into, I should think there should be definitely more. Um, rather than just throwing two breweries together to make our beer, it would be good to see them take it a step further and to kind of celebrate or cause or highlight um, a, a thing. And for a brewer that thinks, well, I would never get my beer listed in somewhere like Tate or 
a fantastic hotel elsewhere in London or, or similar sort of established venues, what advice do you have? Pop in samples, uh, say hi. Um, get with a good distributor Distributor uh, is, is, is helpful as well. Um, but yeah, it's just getting, getting your product there. Don't, don't be shy in coming to say, hey, I do this. Uh, have you tried it? So, so you work with distributors and directly with breweries too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I suppose um, to conclude, looking ahead, we've you know just had the Cloudwater takeover and then Northern Monk last month in February. Can you tell us a bit more about the rest of 2020 and the exciting plans ahead? Um, yes, it's widely available on if you look up ta- tape tap takeover at Tate. Um, say that ten times. Um, we've we've got a great list of breweries uh, coming up that you can like you can check out there. We've got um, Tiny Rebel this month. Uh, and then we've got Burnt Mill following that, um, and Wylam, and Left Handed Giant, and Verdant, and they're all coming. So we've got some, some great stuff coming on that, so do check it out online. Sure. And away from the tap takeovers, how else do you plan to sort of showcase excellent beer in 2020? So we have, a, we're about to break ground on a new bar at the front of Tate Modern uh, along the riverside, so um, we're working... Um, to get that open for the summer, where we'll have 14 taps and you can enjoy a beer in the sunshine, fingers crossed, uh, by the river. Um, and it gives you another dimension. We've got a great pizza offer out there. So if you're cruising past and want some great craft beer or fresco, uh, the front of Tate Modern is a great place to do it. So that's opening in late May. Um, that's going to be quite exciting. Um, we are... We are about to launch Warhol beer. Um, that's going to be a Death by Cheesecake. It's a play on um, a cheesecake-style beer with an interesting twist that you'll discover if you have it. Um, we're signed up with Siren for their Barista Series. Um, this year, we do our own coffee at Tate, so we roast it on site and we, we, we source it ourselves from, from South America, so that's quite interesting. We're doing a, a, an environmentally friendly beer with a tiny uh, microbrewery on the Isle of Skye called Cullinan, where we're going to be making a, a Seaweed Goes. Um, bringing highlights to environmental issues up in Scotland. So that's quite exciting. Um, we're looking at um, creating a Saturday series um, with London-based breweries who have a strong music um, element in their ethos. So we're looking to create a few nights, Saturday nights, where they can take over the taps and bring their music offer, bring people down for a party. Um, we're quite excited about that. Um, and looking a little bit further maybe attending some um, festival events as a brewery ourselves maybe highlighting some of our collab brews that we have currently available we think we'll have about four um, in August this year so maybe you'll catch us at one of those excellent well it's great to see this part of London becoming a destination for great beer because for so many years it was the rake stroke Uto beer and then you know grab some cans and walk along but since then we've obviously got the excellent the hop locker understudy uh, obviously Tate and then uh, excited to hear about your plans for that summer bar yeah, I think it's uh, it's long overdue long overdue and I think it's uh, yeah exciting plans ahead so Andrew thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate it and yeah visit www.tate.org.uk for the full programme of 2020 events thank you very much